Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second take variety hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the show that, guys, okay, I still haven't done this. I still have not prepared a list of things that are less than or more than an hour. So welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the show that more time gets spent doing than preparing for. I'm Sebastian. Am I the only one that actually puts effort into this show? No, no, no. I've got actually comes prepared and does the work. I've got things ready. I just don't have a a funny thing that takes an X amount of time to do. (sighs) I am an exacerbated Andy Schossler. I'm wearing a hat and I'm Alex. (laughs) Alex is wearing a hat and I've never been more proud. Your hat is covering your beautiful hair. Oh, sorry. You've had your tips done and they look stunning. I'm not wearing a hat and I'm Alex. (laughs) He had just the tips done. Um, I literally dyed the entire head. Well, apart from the sides, I, <laughs> I dyed the entire top of my head. It has grown out. I've cut it to have frosted tips. Oh, I love that. that was not the intent. I wanted to get rid of it. You could shave. Okay. Well, it sounds like you didn't want to get rid of it because you actively cut some and left it in. You could no, have gone bald. I, I could have. My dad but, did it once. He. But, Frosted tips and now he has no hair. It's been 50 years. I literally, I I got married. Yes. That, and that's, and then I don't understand. Frosted tips from then on? No, no, no. Oh, I, is that oh, just your look from now on? She's really, get, really into NSYNC and Backstreet. I yeah, get it. He's, she, exactly. She, she wants it for that the way, huh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> if, I, if I came home with Something no about hair, larger than life. Sorry, I'm just I'm trying to. <laughs> you're I, welcome. If I came home with no hair, I wouldn't have a home to be home for. No, it grows back. I, I know that. You could surely an, could know that. You could wear an array of interesting wigs in the meantime. Ooh, interesting wigs. Spice I do watch up. a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, yes. Could get some tips. <laughs> but just the tips. Right. Now, um, before we just start. Like my hair, right? <laughs> just the tips. I say before we start. As we, we start, we started. This We're is done. the show. This is the show. Um, I have a plot synopsis for you. Excellent. Ooh. The game continues. You could say the game is afoot, but that's not. Um, there's nothing with Sherlock Holmes. So let's get that out of mind because <laughs> it definitely wasn't a bad hint. Um, Robert Downey Jr. Okay, so it's none of these things. All right. Although I'm actually shocked this actor has not appeared in some kind of Sherlock Holmes in thing. So oh. when young David Balfour arrives at his uncle's bleak Scottish house to claim his inheritance, his relatives first <laughs> sorry, famous thing about IMDB um so it's just very little to no punctuation. So this is gonna be a wild ride. 
When young David Balfour arrives at his uncle's bleak Scottish house to claim his inheritance, his relatives first tries to murder him, then has him shipped off to be sold as a slave in the colonies. Goodness me. (laughs) That was one sentence with no commas. Fortunately for the lad, he strikes up a friendship with Alan Breck, comma, escaping from Bonnie Prince Charlie's defeat at Culloden. None of that makes sense to me. Did any of that make sense to you guys so far? Yeah, you're just saying words. Yeah, it feels like just, you know, when the ship's captain tries to kill Breck for his money, the two manage to get to land and set out for Edinburgh, Edinburgh, dodging the ruthless redcoats. There is another like two sentence synopsis I'm going to read out because it on the, on the chance that it's actually properly punctuated to the point that makes more sense. In 18th century Scotland, during the Jacobite Rebellion, David Balfour claims his inheritance from his uncle, who has him Shanghai on a ship where David meets fugitive Jacobite rebel Alan Breck. That was a lot more clear, actually. Mm. I didn't realize his uncle Shanghai'd him. I thought someone else did, so. Oh, I got that from the first one. Well, what did you get from its title and its starring actor? Nick Cage. <laughs> you know Obviously. What, you know what? Do go on. Um, Sounds to me like an Alec Baldwin film. One of his first films, probably called something pretentious like Atlantic Crossing mm. or Road to Panama or something like that. Mm. 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 Interesting. Do you have an idea for a name of title, Alex? Hearing Shanghai my accent. In- at noon. Mm. Okay. Well, you're both very wrong. Oh, no. What a shame. It was called Kidnapped. <gasps> oh, and it was starring Sir Michael Caine. Well, just Michael Caine, I guess, in this case. Because oh. this came out in 71. He Your did cocaine. do a lot of work. I only used him because you mentioned that he did a lot of shitty movies for a period of his career. So I was like, oh, let's find one that isn't Nick Cage for once. I think <laughs> every decent actor has no. a fair bit of crap under their belt. No, no, no. I have a, I have a perfect film record. Just um, look at Dame Maggie Smith's. What about? Higher repertoire. Just it's everything. Flawless. Do you guys remember Molly Meldrum? Yes, of course. What happened to him? He died. Did he get, he did not, did, no, he didn't die, did he? He died in our hearts. What? <laughs> okay, what about in a literal sense? Is he is he in the naughty list? No, I think he just, what? okay. Just moved on and got old and became irrelevant. Well, can, can somebody, okay, he's definitely a very Australian icon, right? He didn't have, he wasn't international, correct? He interviewed uh, in the international people. But but he was a local. No, I think he worked in the UK quite a bit. Does anyone dare Countdown. to describe Molly Meldrum to our international audience? He had a big hat. Yeah. He Wed. did have a big hat. That's correct. I, I'm looking I him up to right say now. He wore a big hat. Oh, no. Well, he, yes, both. <laughs> he talked <laughs> about Kylie a lot. So, what was his role? He was a musical commentator. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's correct. <laughs> I'm literally looking him up right now. Yeah. He, yes. he, he did for music what we do for films. Well, he's also a, a big liar because his actual name is Ian. So <laughs> I've decided I hate this new soundboard device that we have. Oh. It is n- <laughs> this is just the beginning of something brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Whatever he's about is. to press is bad. What- it's not. No! You've, you've got to use it properly, right? Like, I'm not being a... <laughs> Yeah. So, Molly Meldrum, fun. <laughs> Were you guys saying boo or boo worms? I was saying boo worms. Good. What are you reviewing this week? I went to a drag show. 
Excellent. Yeah. How was it? Fantastic. Did it drag on or? No. <laughs> I mean, obvious joke, but, you know, I'm proud of it. Don't. No, mm, mm, don't do it. <laughs> it's so gimmicky. It kills me at the same time. I like fun sounds, guys, but it also kills me. Um, please, though, elaborate. Oh, this is the part where we actually talk about it. You Sorry. Tell us about the thing you did. Sorry, I thought we were going around the table, like giving us. Oh, you want to give a preview? Yeah. So you're doing a drag. Okay, well, let's preview. Yeah. Andrew, gotcha. what are you doing? I'm going to talk about Red Letter Media. I've been watching a lot of their stuff recently and I've noticed a few things about a crossover between which of which of those guys I share most of my opinions with. Interesting. Uh, it's it's whatever time of the year it is right now, so I'm also reviewing Kingdom Hearts 3. So, yep, <laughs> going to just jump right onto the back of that truck. Fair enough. But Alex, you drag show you said. So, uh, I think it's, I, I can't remember if it's called RuPaul... Drag Race Work the World Tour. Yeah, pretty sure it is. Um, but, yeah, there were seven queens who have appeared on several. Well, I think it uh, there was Detox. It was season five and All Stars 2. Violet um, Charchki, winner of season seven. Uh, Kim Chi, runner-up in season eight. Naomi Smalls, runner-up in season eight. And on All Star season four, Eureka, who was in season nine and 10 because of an knee injury. Um, Cameron Michaels, season 10. Asia O'Hara, season 10. And that's seven, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm completely unfamiliar with RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. So basically RuPaul Charles, the man, is a drag queen known yes. as RuPaul. I know he, he, he had a show in the 90s. It was like called, a- Called a, Drag Race Israel, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure it was like a bit show on yeah. a late night talk show or something. Okay. Um, but it has evolved into RuPaul's Drag Race, which is um, now in its, it's just had season 10 and this is in its fourth season of All Stars. Is it like a reality show? Yes. But so so these people compete against one another? Yes. Yeah, so it's okay. a, so uh, Project Runway is probably oh, a good okay. example. Yeah. So. Uh, each week they're given a challenge um, and basically it's the – he he gets to pick out 14 of the best queens in the audition pile okay. that he gets. And My they, vote's for Elizabeth. Okay. Sorry, it had been a while since this – no, that's fine. Didn't you? Yeah. Um, and so they go through each week and each week the queen gets eliminated sometimes. Like what drag queens do um, a lot of the time – for like their shows is lip sync. Um, so a big part of the show is the lip sync battle that they have to do. Right. It's just like a battle of the air guitars. Yeah, pretty right. pretty much. <laughs> um, except it often involves a lot of like, choreo- well, not choreographed dancing because it's all yeah. just done off, you know, as, as it happens through, okay. the, through the song. But um, a lot of like death drops and splits and um, a lot of the queens tuck. So they use like duct tape mm-hmm. to strap their junk in and push up. Uh, so it looks like they have a fanny and <laughs> haven't used fanny in a long time. So um, <laughs> I normally exclusively use it when referring to a pack. So that's exciting. Fair. Yeah. How very touristy of you. Mm. This is hiding their pack, bitch, I guess. Um, yep. Yeah. 
So you got this. Come on. Yeah. Um. So a lot of them like doing the splits and stuff. It you know like with a junk up inside them. It's it's kind of impressive to mm-hmm. not. Well, I I wouldn't know what that feels like because I haven't haven't tried it and I've, I don't think I could do the splits. I think I may have passed out. <laughs> what part of the show was the the focus on their junk? I'm confused. So they they do a thing called tucking. Which you know, they I strap get, their junk in. But are you reviewing their ability to talk? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm telling you about the lip sync battles that happen. Oh, okay. I was and like, why are we so focused on the crotch? When they're dancing and stuff. They generally do like death drops and splits and stuff where yeah. they jump up into the air, do the splits, and then land like flat on their junk, where well, oh. where their junk would be. And it's just impressive that they go through that much pain to entertain other people. I was going to say, maybe it's just like wrestling where a lot of it does fucking hurt and they just yeah. deal with it. Yeah. I mean, taking a nut shot at the end of the they, show is a lot, but. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I haven't, not in a, well, not since I was a child, I, I assume. But wearing high heels, like. Honestly, I don't think I have. I don't think so anyway. Like I, I imagine I, they're painful. I have, I have vague memories of like. Like my auntie was around or something and I'd like wear the shoes like, ha look at me. I'm in high heels. Mm. But like I was probably like four or five. I don't think if you've noticed but it, like, but I actually don't have a lower half of my body. That's why you only ever see me at this podcast table and right. you notice I'm, I'm just torso. That, that's so, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my point is mm. they generally wear these like seven inch heels or whatever as well. Or four inch, I don't know, the inches, seven centimeter. I don't know, whatever. You have high heels. High heels, heels, yes. Yeah. So anyway, the drag (laughs) show, it was the seven queens. My my favorite part of the entire night was Asia O'Hara, who was emceeing for the night. And um, she was engaging with the the crowd, like coming down into the crowd. And like, it was just fantastic. And they picked three people out from the crowd who one of them felt like a plant, but was definitely not. Were they definitely okay? Were they like green and like in a pot or anything? Or no? Okay, that didn't sound like a plant to me. Then yeah, you know how like don't do it. In magic don't do shows, it. No, no. But Alex, you're fine. Don't magic, do it, Zane. In magic shows, how like someone will be like planted in to the audience so that they, you know, it looks like they're being picked randomly. But mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it wasn't that though. And they made the three of the people picked out do a lip sync sort of battle thing. It okay. was it was kind of fun. But like just like the banter back and forth, like with one of the ushers um, is almost famous overnight for like, not, not actually, but like it, it was, it was fun. It was a good, good show. And like how much did this thing cost to go to? Um, well, my sister-in-law paid for it. And good I, start. I think we're paying her back. I'm not sure. Ruby, thank you if you're listening <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was fan- fantastic. Um, okay. So they all did, like, choreographed numbers together and they were all doing lip syncs and it was, like, theatrical and all the reveals and stuff. A lot of them is uh, a lot of their, like, choreographed lip syncs um, involve, like, costumes that they, like, pull off at certain points and the song or whatever. I don't know. It, 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 it's fun. It's, yeah. it's an art form. It was like, it's like going to see the ballet, but with men dressed up in women's clothing. My only personal That's reference ballet. to this is yeah. Priscilla Queen of the Desert. They are That's, drag queens. Yeah. Yes. And the end show with like the Goanna or the frill neck lizard <laughs> bit. 
Actually, there yeah. was a very similar part. But uh, Eureka did um, this whole like mashed up song with Ursula from from Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, I thought Ursula was the name of a drag queen in this case. Eureka. Oh, I thought you did a thing with someone called Ursula. Like a mashup song of Ursula. Uh, okay. From The Little Mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying she did a mashup with someone else that was. It doesn't uh, matter. No. I thought there was two people, not one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was a, it was great. They're, they're going around um, the world doing this, this tour. So it's, it's the work the world tour. It's fantastic. If you get the opportunity to see these drag queens perform, why not take it? Excellent. Um, also, the winner of All-Star Season 3, Trixie Mattel, was out of drag sitting two rows behind us because she's here on a separate solo tour because she is also the premier, what is she, the premier country drag queen or something. I don't know. She, she's got a, a country album, but she's also a drag queen. So she's a, awesome having a celebrity that you know. Yeah. Sort of just around you. Being, yeah. Be, and like being a normal person. To, to you guys back, must feel uh, every recording legit. session. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially with Zane here. Yep. Yeah. Hey, that's a better one. No, no. I, like I made the joke. <laughs> it was late. <laughs> I hate that one um, so much. It's too long. I want, to, I want something shorter and sadder. Bum, bum. Yeah, that'd be great. Like you got the wrong answer in Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> this is also too long. Anyway, when- I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the long crowd reaction. <laughs> so uh, when well, Jess- we filmed in front of a live studio audience, Seb. It's also very appropriate, yes. When, when, my, night, when my wife, uh, Jess, realized that- Trixie was sitting two rows behind us out of drag. She was like, oh, Trixie's a couple rows behind us. And apparently my reaction was like like a puppy dog with a squirrel. Like, yeah. just like, where, where? Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God. Don't, don't, don't like, embarrass me gonna, right like, now. <laughs> she thought I was going to stand up and like try and less, which other people were once they realized that she was in the in the crowd just mm. watching. But, yeah, I, I didn't do that. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Well, I haven't been outside very much lately. I've in fact been sitting inside watching the world through my little portal. Ooh, my little my little computer screen. I like the sound of that. I've been spending a lot of time on uh, the Red Letter Media uh, channel on YouTube. I like these guys. They're very funny. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, they they started off being a, a review channel, just putting up Star Trek reviews of, of the Star Trek movies. Um, and then gained notoriety for doing a dissection of The Phantom Menace and just pointing out all the inconsistencies and the reasons why it was a bad film. They all started as uh, being read out as, as the Harry Plinkett character and have since become known as the Plinkett Reviews. They've, he's, they've gone on to do all of the Star Wars prequels films, um, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Crystal Skull, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and and a few other films here and there, as uh, as, as Plinkett reviews. Very funny stuff. Love listening to it all the time. They've got a few other shows they do. They have a proper um, review show like us called Half in the Bag. Um, they're filmmakers themselves, and they produce a lot of a lot of content um, outside of their outside of their channel as well. They're proper proper filmmakers. 
So half in the bag, they review films as they're coming out uh, in the in the cinemas, being released that week or that month or whenever they happen to be recording. Review is a show they launched uh, last year, and they that's probably more akin to to this show where they go back and watch nostalgic films. Like I think one of their first ones, they they watched the Ghostbusters film and just talked about it. Mm. Just talked about what they what they thought. Other thing, genius much like, much, show much idea. Like, much like we do. That's right. <laughs> Best of the worst is uh, an interesting show where they have a vast collection of awful uh, VHS tapes, mostly mm. VHS tapes, uh, and they could be anything: bad films, uh, instructional videos. Uh, I think there are some, um, you know, how to how to art or how to whatever films, and they pick those at random watch them all in a big gathering and then talk about how awful <laughs> their day was watching watching these watching these tapes it's very fun previously recorded is um is their game review channel which has been discontinued i don't think they've made a new episode of that in the last 3 years or so oh it's um, pretty much dead then yeah they try that yeah but they but they tried with that uh, and possibly my favorite of their channels they only have 6 episodes up is <laughs> it's called the nerd crew very satirical. They make fun of fanboys uh, who just love stuff because it's it has a name and it's and it's and it's known out there. It doesn't have to be good, you know. They just really really nail how these how these people react. It's very funny. Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> very much, very much Star Wars fanboys and making fun of them. Yeah, I'm currently on an anti Star Wars like vendetta through our Facebook page. It's, it's been a lot of fun. So I've been going back through <laughs> watching the Plinkett reviews. Um, I do that from time to time just, just for fun. But as I've been doing this show, I've noticed that I've been ta- paying more attention to the way films are made, mm. much more attention than I ever used to. And I'm starting to see things in detail. You're both welcome and I'm sorry. No, no, no. By all means, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate uh, this door being opened. I used to struggle quite a bit in analysing films. People would say, oh, did you see that and, you know, this was that meaning or whatever. It's it's not that I didn't get it. I just didn't see it. I didn't pick up on it the first time first time around. Mm. But it's pleasant to to pick up on those things, to pick up on those things now. Now, in, in, in listening to their um, Half in the Bag reviews, whenever – sometimes we have, a, we, we have a film that we're uh, reviewing that is just coming out. We were going to the cinema to to see them. I try and avoid before we do our review to watch. Oh yeah, I, I did the same with a couple of other shows too. Just not to yeah. contaminate or you know repeat a few of the a few points that um, that come across. Sometimes you just happen to say the same things because you are reviewing the same thing, so that's that's a bit inevitable. But I find, funnily enough, that most of the time I agree with Rich Evans. Which one's uh, which? Sorry. And films. Is he the skinny okay. one or the bigger one? <laughs> That's why I know them. So Jay and Mike are the two regular hosts and their third friend, Rich Evans, sometimes comes in for some. He plays the old things. man and the He plays the Plinkett in, yep. in Half in the Bag. Okay. Yeah. But, Mike, but Mike's to class so voices Plinkett in the Plinkett reviews. Oh, confusing. Anyway, yeah, but that's- So Jay tends to be more of a guy that, um, I wouldn't say he generally likes art house films, but he's- he likes more independent films and appreciates them much more than any of the other two. Mike is a bit more down the line where he's very forgiving on some films where I 
really dislike them and he kind of goes, no, it's, a, it's okay, you can do that. Uh, and other times he'll he'll not like something, whereas whereas I did, and I mm. kind of disagree with him on that. But it's very it's very light. It's it's very hit and miss. I'd I'd say half of the time I I agree with with Mike. Most of the time I don't agree with Jay. But Rich Evans, I every time he he says yeah I really like something, I find myself agreeing with him for the same reasons. Solo, mm. I loved Solo. I thought it was a great film. Oh yeah. I, I know a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people bashed on it, um, that it was, it was just a, 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 a mishmash and, and, and a misguided attempt at making a Han Solo film. I thought it was a great adventure film. At no point during Solo was I bored. Uh, it was exciting all the way through and I would happily, I have watched it, watched it again mm. very happily. And the first thing when they were doing their review, Rich Evans said, I kind of loved it. It wasn't. It wasn't a masterpiece, but I kind of loved it, and I agreed with that one hundred percent. For the record, Solo was a big bag of okay. Yeah, it didn't do anything perfect, like fantastically, but it didn't fuck up either. It was it just kind of down the middle. The, yeah, it's just a very entertaining film, mm. very well done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you found your kindred spirit. Is what you're saying? Yes, yeah. and it's a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of review shows that I, I listen to as well, and there's. For a lot of the big like new releases that we do, I, there was always this one guy that pretty much hits the nail on the head for me. Yes, and I actively, for the same reason, avoid listening to when, when we have like films that line up. Like, is this uh, Stuckman? No, Chris although Stuckman, I don't yeah. mind Chris Stuckman actually. But um, but these guys, if they're doing like, say, we've got Captain Marvel coming up in a few weeks, I will. I mean, I think ours will be out before theirs is to be fair anyway, because we get it sooner in Australia for the Marvel movies. But point is, I'll avoid hearing theirs until we've done ours because there's one guy that I. Yeah, I tend to agree with, and I don't want to like just have like the words kind of change yes. from my mind. Yeah. Yes. Who is it? Oh, oh no, I'm not advertising another podcast on this show. I see. Unless it's unless it's the review I'm doing. Oh no, I understand. But unfortunately, the review I'm doing is Kingdom Hearts Three. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, Mickey Mouse gotta 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 use them big keys and hit the <laughs> hit the shadows. Is, is Goofy in it? Yes, he's a knight. No, he's not. Yeah, he's a knight in this one. Oh, that's the ceremony Isn't of the it? day. Isn't Kingdom Hearts like a, an Age of Empires variant? No, gosh, no, no, no. So Kingdom Hearts for the Uninitiated is a crossover between Square Enix, the company that makes the Final Fantasy games, and they got a full Disney license to use whatever Disney characters that they choose to. And they've done a story that incorporates both high fantasy, sci-fi, and Disney characters, like existing Disney characters. So is this like a Disney RPG? Yes, but you don't play as a Disney character. You play as an original Square Enix character. And you kill Disney characters. No, you, well, yes and no. So um, it goes from world to world where you literally travel from one Disney world to another Disney world to another one. So there's like an Agrabah is like the name okay. of one world. So you're there with Aladdin and Genie and Jafar's the bad guy. And he's teamed up with a league of villains from other Disney properties trying to conquer the universe effectively. And your job is to one world at a time, stop them from succeeding in what they're doing. And they've grabbed Final Fantasy characters from, you know, 30 year old games and reanimated them and throw them into these games too. So this is just weirdly fleshed out fan service world <laughs> of nostalgia and yeah. <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts 3 is funnily enough, like it's obviously three in the main series, but they did Kingdom Hearts 1. And they did a couple of in between games, and then Kingdom Hearts two on the next on the next console. Oh no, sorry, same console, same console. And then they did like 
nine in-between games, which went from right. this portable thing to this phone to this to this Nintendo rather than Sony, blah, blah, blah. And finally three has come out, which is finishing off the main trilogy of games. Okay. And it's pretty fun so far. I've only been playing it for like four, five hours maybe. Is it an open world thing or does it follow a pretty strict story? It's pretty strict story. Um, but they every game that comes out, they change the world's, it's, you do revisit some, and now since it's you know it went from PS2 to PS4, yeah, the worlds are dramatically different to what they once were. Like okay, when you went to Olympus, like for the Hercules storylines, it used to just be a coliseum, and you would just head to fights. Now it's this full like freaking it's Thebes and Mount Olympus and the Colosseum. Like it's this huge map. It's not open world though because you do have to literally get into a ship to travel to another place right but they've added in um frozen and toy story and monsters inc and stuff so a lot of ones okay that they haven't done but they also do parts of the caribbean so you go from having these 3d like disney cartoon characters to having like almost real life models of johnny depp and, <laughs> and um, jeffrey rush running around so it's interestingly done but uh, i'm having a good time with it but apparently it's like a 50 hour story and i'm only four or five hours into it so i've got a lot Great. to go but um, action wise, it's just like free flow combat. So, oh, what's the good, what's a good you, reference point? Do you have time for video games? No, that's the that's or, why I'm so yeah. sh- I'm enjoying it. But like I've been on a series of overnight shifts at my job um, this last week, where I'm getting home at seven in the morning, and you think, oh, you get some time in the day until you start your next shift. But I've just been so freaking out of it. That I've <laughs> this whole last week. I think I played two hours of it. Yeah, and I want to like that's my plan for tomorrow because tomorrow off I'm going to try and get some time done just to play some games. I found the same thing. I I, I hit my 30s. I used to just come home and play video games. You'd have a takeaway or or whatever. But I'm in my 30s. You get married. You start having to make dinner. You watch a TV show. You watch whatever. And all of a sudden I'm I'm only playing video games on like a Saturday or Mm. Sunday. And only one of those days because you're doing stuff the other time. I will give a a mini review to a game I have been playing though because it's on my phone. Um it is called Alien Blackout. So it's it's similar to you guys know the Five Nights at Freddy's series? Nope. Yeah. Okay. So oh Alex, how would you describe the gameplay for Five Nights at Freddy's in a succinct way, just to give Andrew a brief on it? Because I'm if I do it, it's gonna go for hours. You literally have to manage like there's video uh, surveillance cameras and then you have to flick between them and you have limited power so you can only close your your doors at a certain time. There are evil animatronics in like yeah. a Chuck E. Cheese situation okay. and you've got to keep them out of yeah. your room from killing you Yeah, but by monitoring security cameras. Okay. But it's resource management because you have power. Excellent. So for some reason your doors cost energy to close. Yeah. So you can't just have the doors shut right. and using the cameras too much also drains power. Okay. But you've got to make sure that you're closing your doors as little as possible without them getting into the room because once they're in, it, you're dead. That's it. Oh, okay, this sounds like my sort of game. Yeah. And it's like jump a- scary, but yeah. when you, you jump scares a loss because you've been killed. Okay. So that, that's a whole series of games. This alien blackout's similar. You're in an event. There's a xenomorph going around. It's from the it's an official aliens game. I'm going around, but you've got four people that are walking around the map, and you can watch them walk around on the security cameras, and you can literally like those airport traffic controller games, tell them, go here, go there, drag them across. Because you've also, you're A, monitoring where the xenomorph is to make sure it's not going to get to you in the vents, but B, you need to keep it away from these four people that are on the maps because they've got certain objectives Uh they need to do to get you all off the base that you're on. And it's one of those permadeath games. So if you die, it's fully game over. 
but you can lose any one of the, your crew members at any time and you don't get a new one back. They're just gone. Yeah. So now you've it's harder to achieve the goal you have because you've only got three people left, not four. And it's really, it was like seven bucks on the mobile and it's really, really well made. Okay. Super surprised. Why was that more of a comprehensive review than Kingdom Hearts? Because I've had time. That's yeah. why. <laughs> but yeah, well. that is us for today. Alex, for this week, yeah. Yeah. Where do they find us? You can go to Facebook and search Second Take Media Review Podcast. Yep. If you live in the future. Can I, can, point of order, what is that? I don't know. Tweeting is hot and hip. Okay. I, just, I, was, I, keep, I thought it was a time travel carryover from the series we we're doing, but now I, I'm just confused. I don't know how to do okay. it. I've made three tweets on my account and that was- How do you tweet? Eight years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. Someone like this. <laughs> But you can tweet us at Second Take TNC or you can check us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast. And if you like email addresses, I've got a good, good, good news for you. We have a, we have a website, mm. uh, secondtakepodcast.com. But as I, as I cleverly alluded to, we also have an email address. <gasps> yeah, wow. secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. That's, that's pretty much it, I think. Sure. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.